Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for uh, this time together. Thank you for uh, your word and what you're doing, what you're going to do in hearts and lives. Speak uh, through me, your messenger, I pray. In Jesus' name we pray. All the God's people said... Amen. 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 Hey, well, hey, again, welcome. If you're a, a guest this morning to Renew, uh, I want to say again, welcome to Renew. My name is Pastor Trevor, and it is my uh, privilege to be the pastor here at Renew Church. And you came on a good Sunday because it's Pentecost Sunday, because it's Grad Sunday and Communion Sunday, and it's also uh, week two of um, this series that we're in called Less is more. It's in the book of New, uh, the New Testament book of Colossians that we've been in. And so I don't know if you were here last week or you saw online, but um, we talked a little bit about how less is more and how we need to do a little bit of spring cleaning in our lives. Did anybody do some spring cleaning? Anybody listen to my message? One person. Wow. Give yourselves a round. No, never mind. Don't give yourself a round of applause. You did horrible. Um, you guys are hoarders. And uh, I'm going to do an entire series on hoarding, if that's the case. No, I'm kidding. But we did. My family did some spring cleaning, and it felt really good. Literally, we got trash bags, and we, we threw stuff away. We gave stuff away. We just cleaned out in some areas. We still got a lot to do, but here's the thing. I went out of town for, for uh, a week. We had a, a, a network uh, convention in Fort Walton Beach, so I was out of town for the last like five days. And when I came back, it's almost like the devil is like attacking because there was these these things called Amazon, you know, you know, enemies that were at my doorstep. And there was like six of them. And I'm like, wow, I'm trying to clean out and Amazon keeps on coming back after me and trying to attack me. You know, uh, here's the thing. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can say less is more. There's a lot of things that you can do to begin to clean out. Um, here's an example of a, another way that you can say less is more. And that is a staycation. A staycation. Instead of a vacation, um, less is more would be the, an example of, staycation would be an example of less is more. Because instead of renting a, a, a house, we stayed in a little hotel room while we were on the beach. And yeah, some of the photos from Facebook looked great, but the little hotel room we were in with three girls, me and three girls, like that is not like, that's not a great place to be after about 24 hours one bathroom like it is it's nice to be on the beach but when you want to come inside it's just it's not that great so unless you have the money for like a, a you know a, a airbnb or a big you know house or something like that just stay home less is more you know like if you're trying to figure out what you're doing for for summer vacation stay home order in um you know lay out by the you know if you don't have a pool lay out by the the water sprinkler and um order you know in and and, and just Binge watch something appropriate, you know, just, just do that. Make that a vacation staycation. Um, the idea behind the series, Less is More, is, is that less, uh, more Jesus and less of everything else. That's the whole idea and the concept behind this. The key verse for the series is Colossians 3, which says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Things. So we're going to be looking at this through the eyes of Paul as he writes to this little church in Colossae um, to identify and remove the things in our life that are a distraction 
to focus on those things that are most important. So, things like less tradition and more gospel. You know, less, less bronze snakes. We talked about the bronze snakes last week. Less tradition, more gospel. Less religion and more relationship. Less false teaching and more Jesus. Has anybody noticed, has anybody realized that it seems like uh, there are things in our world that are falling apart? There are a lot of things falling apart, aren't there? I mean, like the, the, the marriage is falling apart. Families are falling apart. Um, our, you know, education, like people are scared to take their kids to school right now. Like there's, there's just, there's things in our, our, our world that is falling apart. Society, social life, um, people are hesitant to talk to, to strangers because they're afraid that there's going to become like some kind of an argument birthed out of like where you stand on a, on, a, on a viewpoint or a political view or something like that. The world is literally falling apart. And I'm not even going towards economy or anything else that's happening in that, in that realm. But the world is falling apart. And, and because of those things, it, it's leading to uh, emotional, physical, and mental health breakdowns. You know, literally people are, are needing more and more psychiatric care and counseling and all of these things because the world is literally falling apart. Today I want to uh, talk to you about how Jesus holds it together, and that's the title of my sermon. If you're taking notes, I'd encourage you, it's on the worship guide there. But here's the text for today in Colossians chapter 1, and this is central to our faith. This is so important that you understand this, that Jesus holds all things Together, I want to start with Colossians 1, verse 15. And Paul is writing this to this people, and he's saying this, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Let me stop right there for just a second. The Son is the image of the invisible God. Like, we know that we worship a triune God. He is God, uh, three in one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We see that even in the baptism of Christ. We see what, what has happened there with Jesus, the physical, uh, you know, in his humanity, he is baptized into the water and the, the spirit of God descends on him like a dove. And then the voice of God, the father speaks and says, this is my son whom I love with him. I'm well pleased. These things are happening. All of this is happening as a, a, a an image of who God is, the triune God that we worship. But the son is the image of the invisible God. He is the one that you can see and, and put flesh to. For in Him, verse 16, all things were created. In Him, that's Jesus. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. It doesn't say so that in him he may have the secondary. It says so that he may have the supremacy. For God was so pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body without... Uh, through death to present you holy in a sight without blemish and free from accusation. That should be something you should thank God for. The fact that because of Christ's physical body, because of his death, 
you can be presented without blemish and free from accusation. Doesn't matter what the court says or the judge says or anybody else says. You are, because of what Christ did, you're without blemish and you're free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not hold, move from the hope held out in the gospel. Here's, here's what Paul is getting ready to do or what he is doing right now. Paul is addressing some false teaching that has crept into the church at Colossae. Because he can't be there, he's literally in prison and he's writing to them. He's refuting some things that have began to creep into the church in the same way that we sometimes have to do that in the church today. People might bring in their ideas and their thoughts and for every person that comes in, there's an equal number of opinions and ideas about who it is and what it is that we believe. But Paul is saying, let me get some things straight. Let me make sure we're clear on some things. Here was one of the things that was creeping into Colossae in the church. The first one was that all matter is evil. And because of this, all matter being evil, these teachers began to argue that God would have not come to earth as a human being in bodily form. Because if all matter is evil, physical things matter, then Jesus was evil. And there's no way that that could happen. But Paul stated that Christ is the image, the exact likeness, that's what that means, of God. And it is himself God. And yet, he died on the cross as a human being in the flesh. This is central to our faith. We believe that Jesus was fully God and fully man. He wasn't 50% God and 50% man. He was fully God, and yet he was fully man. And you can't diminish either of those. You can't cut down on either of those and say, well, he was kind of like a, a, a demigod, or he was kind of like one of those marble gods or whatever. No, no, no. He was fully God and he was fully man. The second uh, thing that Paul was having to address that false teaching was, was creeping into the world was, I mean, into the church was God did not create the world. They believed that the, because the physical world was evil, they thought that God himself could not have created it. If Jesus were God, they reasoned he would only be in charge of the spiritual world. But Paul explained in these verses, especially verse 16, that all thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities of both the spiritual and physical worlds were created by and are under the authority of Christ himself. Christ is the supremacy. Christ is Lord of all. And he is creator of all. Paul was making sure that they understood this, that they got this. He created it. The third false teaching that would creep into their, their, their systems and into their faith was that Christ is not the unique Son of God. Instead, they claimed that He was one of many intermediaries between God and man. In other words, there was this pluralism. There was this many roads lead to heaven that was creeping into the faith. And we see that in our, our culture. We see that in our world. Oh, you believe in Allah. That's, that's good. I believe in Jesus. And, you know, it's all the same. No, it's not. No, it's not. If you believe in Scripture and if you read Scripture and you, 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 you say that it's right and you, you follow Scripture, then you can't say that it's truth and yet believe another truth. Jesus claimed to be the unique Son of God, but these were claiming that there were many ways to God. Paul explained that Christ existed before anything else. 
and he was the firstborn of those resurrected. Like, he literally was the one that was there before creation of all things. They didn't want to believe that. The final thing Paul needed to refute was that Christ was the source of salvation. Instead, they insisted that people could only find God through a special secret knowledge. It wasn't through Jesus. But Paul openly proclaimed the only way of salvation was to be through Christ alone. It was significant, it was important, and it was uh, it just the, the most important thing that you understood that like when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but by me, that's, just, that's not a, just a good suggestion. That's not just an idea. That's, that's, you know, I preached a sermon on this, and, and C.S. Lewis talks about this concept that Jesus can't be um, just a good teacher that, that says, you know, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and, and yet he not be the way, the truth, and the life. He can't be the Son of God, the one true way, and yet there be many other ways. Either... As C.S. Lewis says, he's a liar, he's a lunatic, he's, he's crazy, or he is who he says he is. He is what this word says he is. He is Lord of all. And the people of Colossae and some of the people creeping in began to teach this false uh, understanding of who Jesus was and how you could be saved. Jesus said in his own words, he was talking to Nicodemus at night. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, whosoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Like, he was, he was saying that it was through Him. Here's what I, what I think about when I, when I hear this, these words. I think about the fact that Jesus is very inclusive. When I hear the word whosoever... I think of the fact that whosoever means whosoever. That means anyone that has a pulse, that believes in him, would not perish but have everlasting life. It's inclusive. That's the faith that we, we believe. But it's also exclusive in that it's not Jesus and anything else. And there's a tension there, and some of you are even in your own faith and in your own struggle, you're wrestling with this tension. You're wrestling with this, this, this matter of how in the world do I realize that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and not believe what this person says or this person says. But our scripture says, the Word of God says, and, and even through everything that we've seen in history shows, that Jesus is the only source of salvation. I want you to get this key thought. All things, according to this, these, these verses we read, all things were created in Jesus, through Jesus, and for Jesus. Like, when I say all things, I literally mean all things. Like, I literally mean uh, the dirt... Uh, the oxygen, the elements, I mean the, the sun, the moon, the, the planets. I was listening to and watching this, this message by Louis Giglio, and he began to try to describe 
what those all things included. And he began to describe the, the, the largest star that they've been able to discover on record and measure on record. And this largest star that they've been able to, to, to measure and, and report on is this star known as Canis Majoris. Let me tell you how big Canis Majoris is. It's seven quadrillion times the size of our Earth. Seven quadrillion times the size of our earth. Like, when you hear quadrillion, just like, what does that even mean? Like, when I heard that, I was like, I don't even, I can't even fathom what that is. But he gave this analogy, if earth were a golf ball, all right, so you're sitting on earth, but if earth were a golf ball, okay, little golf ball, Canis Majoris would be the size of Texas, and in that, you could literally stack golf balls 22 inches deep. That is what seven quadrillion times the size of earth is. And you're on earth, which is one of those little golf balls covering the entire state of Texas, 22 inches deep. Does that not blow your mind? And, and did I mention like that's one star in the universe? In other words, like this place is big. Get in a, a spaceship and travel like a billion miles an hour for a zillion years, and you never hit a wall. You don't hit a wall. You don't hit an end. That's how big our God is. God has done this, and it says that all things, and I'm saying even Canis Majoris, all things were created in Jesus, through Jesus, and for Jesus. That's one of the thoughts that I want you to get, and that's what Paul is trying to tell the people of Colossae. It was all created by him, in him, through him, for him. The second thing that I want you to get is, is that Jesus holds it all together. I, the first thing I wanted you to understand was how big it was, how big he was, but then I want you to see how he even holds it all together. Let's watch this clip together. Long story short, the tour was winding down last time around. We were in Tyler, Texas. The night was over. A guy walks up to me. I wish I could tell you the whole story. It was so of God. Introduces himself to me. Says, how are you doing? I just want to say hello. I said, it's nice to meet you. He says, you guys winding the tour down. Uh, where are you going to go from here? I said, well, I'm on my way back home to Atlanta, Georgia. He said, well, what's next for you? I said, I'm going to be preaching the next two Sundays for my pastor back in Atlanta. He said, oh, cool. What are you preaching on? I said, well, the series is on the glory of God in the human body. He said, that's really amazing. I'm a molecular biologist at the university down the road. G give me your talk. And I was like, oh, wow. I wasn't quite yet ready to unload the talk for a molecular biologist. So I kind of stumbled through what I had and he's kind of being kind and gracious and like, uh-huh, that's good. And then he says, well, what's your big left hook? You gotta have a left hook, a big finish, right? I said, I don't have a left hook yet. He said, oh, Louie. Oh man, your left hook is laminin. And I'm, I'm totally blank on laminin. He goes, Louie, it's a cell adhesion molecule. Protein molecule? Do you know about proteins? I'm like, no. 
He said, Louis, cells organize into certain molecular structures and that determines what protein there are. There are between 10 and 60,000 proteins in the human body. We don't even know how many proteins are in the human body. But one of them is a cell adhesion molecule. It's organized into this certain structure and that tells the cell what its job is in the body. And this one is a cell adhesion molecule. And I'm like, all right. He said, no, Louis, it's like the rebar of the human body. The steel they put in the concrete when they lay the foundations of things, it's that stuff. It's, it's holding your membranes together. It's the glue of the human body, Louis. It's laminin. You've got to tell them about laminin. And I'm like, I promise you, I'm going home and tell them about laminin. And I'm sure when I do, revival is going to sweep across the church and probably around the world when I tell them. He said, no, 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 no. You've got to see laminin. I'm like, okay, let's see it. He said, no, 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 you need to go look it up online. You need to go Google laminin. I don't even know how to spell laminin. <laughs> Takes his card out, he writes on the back, L-A-M-I-N-I-N. I'm like, okay, I cannot wait to get to my computer and get on Google, click on images, type in laminin, and I'm waiting, and these little thumbnails come up on the screen, and I'm like, That's laminin, the cell adhesion molecule. Woo! <laughs> I am so excited. I am beside myself. I cannot believe what I'm seeing. I love laminin. I'm so fired up. You should see laminin, I guess. That's the thing, right? Okay. Here is a scientific diagram of the laminin cell adhesion molecule that's holding your body together right now, okay? This is what I found right here. No, come on, that's crazy. That's just crazy. I'm, I just can't believe it. I emailed that guy back so fast, I'm like, wow, 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 what in the world? He said, you want to see an actual laminin molecule? I'm like, oh no, man, the diagram was cool for me. I'm happy with that. Don't, don't bother sending anything else. I'm like, yes! And he sends me this image, an electron microscopic image of an actual laminin protein molecule. It looks just like this. how crazy is that that the stuff that holds our bodies together that's holding the lining of your organs together holding your skin on is in the perfect shape of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and immediately I'm thinking about the words of Paul in Colossians 1 you know this beautiful passage where Paul's talking about the supremacy of Christ and the sufficiency of Christ. He says, for by him, talking about Jesus Christ, all things have been created, things in heaven and things on earth. All things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. But then the next verse goes on to say this, it's crazy. And he, Jesus, is before all things and in him, that is in Jesus Christ, all things hold together. It's right, it's right there. I'm like, of course they do. Of course they do. Everything holds together in Jesus Christ. 
And he goes on at the end of this paragraph and he just tells the story of grace. He says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ and through Christ to reconcile to himself all things by making peace through his blood shed on a cross. This morning, I want to make sure you get two things. That all things, all matter, everything, heaven and on earth, universe, were created in Him, for Him, and through Him. I, I want you to picture and imagine and understand how big our God is. But then I want you to also get that our God holds all things, everything, including your cells together in the form that it is, holding you and I together, holding our, 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 our lives together, holding our, our, our emotions together, that He holds everything together. He's huge. Canis Majoris, huge. Can't even describe it. Huge. And yet, he's in the very details of your life. He's in the very tiniest molecules that hold everything together. So as we close this morning, how's that working for you? Is he holding everything together for you? He is, but are you letting him? Do you allow him? to have control over your life and the details of your life and the struggles and the things that you're, you're facing? Or are you like, God, I got this. I got this. Because there's some choice in this. There's some decision-making on our part to, to say, God, I, I surrender control and I let go of everything that I have and I let you, you have it. You know, I was watching a, a social media thing this week uh, about a, a father with his newborn baby. And when I say newborn, I literally mean like two minutes old. And the father is, is there watching his baby and he's videoing it with his iPhone and he's, he's shooting this shot of this, this baby uh, crying at the top of her lungs in the little like incubator thing, like the NICU, Elizabeth could tell me what it's called, but she's in this little thing screaming at the top of her lungs and her little chin is just, ah, you know, you've seen babies cry when they're like, whatever, uh, frantic. And then the father says, Portland, Portland, it's daddy. It's okay. And the minute, the second she hears daddy's voice, two minutes old, but she hears daddy's voice, she opens her eyes. She begins to stop crying. It's a beautiful picture of a father saying, I got you. It's okay. Seven minutes later, he pulls the phone back out and She's screaming again. She's freaking out again. And she's frantic under that little light, under that incubator. And she's crying. And he says, Portland, Portland, daddy's here. Portland, I love you. And the way little baby Portland, seven minutes old, looks up and stops what she's doing and listens 
to her daddy's voice, I think is an amazing analogy for where we need to be with our Heavenly Father. Things are frantic. It's a mess. We're helpless. We're hopeless. Everything is falling apart. And some of us, you can see it from the outside. Maybe others of you, you can't see it on the outside because you act like you got it all together. But inside, it's falling apart. Jesus is saying, I got you, son, daughter. I'm with you. I love you. And he's holding it all together. It's up to you. It's your choice. It's your decision. Are you going to be able to say to God, God, creator of all things, sustainer of life, the one that died for me, I give you everything. I give you me. I give you all of me. Are you able to say, God, here here I am? Or are you going to continue to hold on to it and fight your way through the challenges of life? Jesus holds all things together, including what you're facing today, including your past, your present, and your future. But you've got to let him. You've got to allow him to be Lord of all, to be Lord of your life. This morning as we close this message and close our time together, we're going to receive communion together. It's the first Sunday of the month, and this is what we do on Communion Sunday, we remember Christ's body broken and His blood shed. And this is that moment in time when you can go from being frantic in the incubator to surrendered to the Father. Saying, Lord, be Lord of me. Be Lord of my life. I give you everything that I am. Because in my own strength, I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. So I might as well just let the Father have His way. Would you stand with me this morning? As we prepare to take communion, you don't have to be a member of this church to receive communion with us. The only requirement is is that You're a member of the body of Christ, and you can do that today. Because of what Jesus did, because of his death on the cross, because of his sacrifice, it says, whosoever believes in him, we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart, then we will be saved, Scripture says. And today can be the day of salvation. Today can be the day of surrender and letting Jesus have control. And I even today want to encourage you to make that declaration in your life. Jesus, hold on to me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? God, we're, we're coming before you with everything that we have. Our past, our present, our future, our brokenness, our, 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 the things that are all falling apart. Everything that we have, God, we, we just come to you. The mess that we are. And we say, be Lord of all. And we say, Jesus, take control today if you want to make this declaration 
if you're listening to me, whether online or in person, if today is the day that you want to ask Jesus to come into your life, to take hold of you, to forgive you of your sin and to set you free, today can be that day. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I encourage you to pray this prayer after me. If you're in the body of Christ, if you're a believer, I encourage you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. And even those that, uh, that are believers, but for those of you that are saying, you know what, today I want to make that declaration, whether it's a first-time commitment or a, a recommitment, why don't you make that decision today? And pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes, and I pray that you would forgive me of my sin and come into my life. Make me a new creation. Today, I declare you as my Lord and as my Savior. And today, I ask you to hold everything together in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that declaration today, man, I want to say welcome to the family of God. I want to say we're so glad that you're stepping into this next step in your faith journey, and we want to encourage you to continue walking, continue growing. Don't let this be the end, but just the beginning of what God can do in your life. We want to encourage you to, to stop by a table on the way out and grab a New Testament Bible and, and uh, maybe join one of our small groups that are starting in a week and just get involved in the life of the church. May this be the beginning of your growth and your, your, your maturity in faith. Just like a little baby, just like that little baby that started out two minutes old and looked to and listened to her father, but she didn't stay there. She kept growing and going and moving forward in her life. I want to encourage you to take those very same steps. For those of you that have made that decision today, I invite you to receive this communion with me today. And it's in Luke chapter 22 that we'll pick up. And Jesus is at the table with his apostles. And he says to them, I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks, and he said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he gave it to them, and he said, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat of this bread together. Then in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, and he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let's do this in remembrance of him and be thankful. Oh God, we're thankful for Christ's body broken and his blood shed to preserve us blameless unto everlasting life. We're thankful for the good things that you're doing in our hearts and our lives. God, that you're the creator of all and you've done all of these things, God, from the smallest molecule to the greatest galaxy, God. You're in charge of it all. You're creator of all. But you're also the one that holds it all together. Hold us today. Help us today. For those that have been struggling to, to fight, to, to keep it together on our own, God, may we 
today say, Lord Jesus, you have the supremacy. You're in charge. I give you control of me. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Hey, let's sing this song together as we uh, prepare to close our time together.
Amen, amen. Hey, so let me just uh, make a, a quick announcement, or, or I don't know if it's an announcement, but we had a young lady, I'm preaching, and I'm like, hey, there's Diana over there, and I, I'm trying to, everything in me to not like stop preaching to like say hi to Diana, but this is one of our class of 22. She snuck in. Can we give Diana Emma a round of applause? Amen. Diana uh, graduated from Miami Palmetto Senior High, and she's on her way to Georgia State for a nursing program. Isn't that good? Let me pray with you. Let me pray over you, and uh, God, we just pray right now for Diana. This has been, for their family, a very tough, tough, tough year, God. And, and uh, losing, losing her father this year, God, I know has been um, one of the toughest things in her life. But Jesus, you hold it together. Remind her how much you love her, how much you care for her. Be with her today, we pray. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All the God's people said, amen. amen. Congratulations. Well, good morning again. You guys may be seated once again, good morning and welcome to Renew Church. Man, what an amazing word this morning. Jesus is holding everything together. Somebody needed to hear that this morning. Am I right? Man, so we wanna we wanna walk with you, man. We wanna we wanna be able to be the church to you. And we know that we're all going through something. We know that the world is is just going through it. We're going through it, our families are going through it. We know that this is just a tough time and and we believe that Jesus is holding it all together. Um, and we believe that that we're supposed to be for each other, man. So if this is your first time at Renew Church, please fill out this connect card. Even if this is not on the back part here, if there's anything that we can be praying for, if you want to speak to a pastor, just anything that you want to get communicated to us, man, fill out the Connect card. We look at them, we read them, and we want to be the church to you. This gives us an opportunity to do that. Um, man, hearing this message this morning, um, it, it's just, it, it gives us the opportunity to, to take a next step, right? Like that first step is, is surrender to Jesus, right? It's God, I, I give you my life, I believe. I'm turning towards you. I'm believing in you. But here at Renew Church, man, we, we believe that there's, there's next steps to that. There's more than just that. And so I want to encourage you guys. I know I haven't talked about it in a while, but small groups is coming back this week. Can we make some noise for small groups? Get used to hearing about them because I'm going to start talking about them every single week. But it's because they're important. Small groups is where growth happens. Small groups is where relationships happen. Small groups is where we, we take off the mask and we're real, we're raw, we're vulnerable, and we're able to, to, to meet brothers and sisters in, in Jesus, and they're able to encourage us and walk with us and, and help us during this difficult time. Yes, we have Jesus. He's our Lord and our Savior. But Jesus has given us this family called the church, and small groups is an opportunity to meet this family, to get to know this family, and do life with this family. So we're launching a brand new women's group. Can we give it up for that? A women's group is launching. We also have a parent support group that is launching. It's going to be unbelievable. You can give it up for that as well. 
So maybe you got this flyer on your seat. Uh, check it out. There's a small group for you. If you don't got one, go to the Next Steps tent on your way out, and you can get one there. Also, I want to mention to you guys that Father's Day is coming up June 19th. That's right. And we're calling it Grill Masters. It's going to be like a real grilling kind of vibe, and we're going to have um, some food there for dads, but also one dad is going to have the opportunity to win a smoker. Yes, they're going to be able to win a smoker. I feel like you guys would be a lot more excited about that. Maybe. I mean, hey, you know what? I'll take the smoker. It's fine. I'll take it. Um, you guys can't get any of the ribs, so we'll leave it. No, I'm just kidding. One dad is going to have the opportunity to win a smoker. It's going to be an unbelievable day. Invited dad. We've got cars coming to it. It's going to be like a car show, just a really cool event for dad. So if you know a dad who would, who would never come to church, but if they like hot dogs and they like cars and smokers, tell them this church is doing that on Father's Day. Um, lastly, before I get into the offering, um, many of you know, some of you don't know, but this past Friday was supposed to be our big fundraiser for our, our youth camp that we're trying to, to get our kids to. And with the, the whole tropical storm thing, uh, we just made a decision to, to postpone it because we didn't know what the weather conditions were going to look like for Friday night. Um, but we moved it. It's this upcoming Friday. It's going on. It's a talent show. It's a pie auction. It's an art auction. And we're trying to raise $15,000 to send 50 people to teen camp this summer. And I'm not going to lie, I was, I was discouraged on Friday. Um, so close to the date of us going to camp, and we kind of just had a throwaway week, and it was this big event that we were building momentum for, and it was just, just postponed, not happening. Um, super discouraged, but I talked with my team, and man, we, we realized that uh, we serve a God who is working things for the good of his people. So we're believing that this upcoming Friday is going to be bigger and better than this previous Friday could have ever been. We believe we're going to raise $15,000 to send 50 people to camp. Camp is going to change lives, and it's going to be an amazing work of God. We're believing in it. So I just ask, man, if you guys would just take some time next Friday, come support our kids. It would mean the world to them if you would come support them in any way that you can. Yeah, we're going to have a dinner as well. Um, man, if you can make it, we would so appreciate that. We want to send 50 people to camp this summer. Lastly, if you'd like to give to Rini Church, I just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that. The first way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you. And you can drop them off in one of the buckets on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting give to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this day. Um, God, we thank you for, uh, God, everything that's happened this morning. Father, we thank you for the grads, just being able to honor them, God, and, and celebrate their accomplishments. Lord, we thank you for the word this morning. We thank you for the worship, God. We thank you for the fellowship this morning. Um, God, we just pray that you would bless this offering, Father. Continue to use it. Continue to reach this community. Continue to use this church to let people know about the life-saving gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, bless these people, Father, as they give to you and as they worship you and trust you in this way, God. You know our situations, Father. We lift them up to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See you guys Friday.